Hey there, welcome to the Just Boldly Go podcast where we help women and a few cool dudes face their fears, set goals, make game plans, and generally take their current circumstances by the balls so they can live a life they can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. This episode was brought to you by Rooted Mystic. What if all it takes to live your best life is experimenting with the one you have right now? That's what Rooted Mystic is all about and that's what Angel invites you to find out for yourself. Sign up for her video notes for a little dose of ordinary magic in your week. Go to rootedmystic.com and click on notes at the top for a tiny sample and see for yourself what can change by simply experimenting. Welcome to the Just Boldly Go podcast, season three, episode 11. This week, all of my content is geared towards um, what I wish I had known when I started my business. And even though this isn't technically a business-related interview, it is something that I wish I had realized long ago. Uh, The interview is with a woman named Deborah Globus, who is also known as La Padre, and she is amazing. Uh, So we're just going to dive right in. So today I have with me the most amazing woman. I don't even remember. We met because I was doing the, um, my course, right? And then Elle introduced us. Elle. Yep. That's, that's, that's right. So today I have with me Deborah Globus, who is also known as La Padre, which I love, is the most amazing thing ever. She helped me create a morning ritual, and uh, I'll just let her tell you what she does because it's amazing. <laughs> so I am all about ritual. So I will say everybody has a different idea of what ritual is, and I work with the term ritual in a very specific way. So if you talk about psychology, they mean something that you do repeatedly that then because of the repetition is imbued with extra meaning, spiritual meaning, meaning, um, personal meaning. But when I talk about ritual, it is a four-step practice that once you know the framework, you can use it for anything. So it is a very handy little tool to have in your toolbox, especially, you know, for odd times like these. Yes. And, you know, so when I was creating my course, I wanted to talk about, you know, having a morning routine, which I totally hate the the word routine. (laughs) Freak out just to think about a routine. But I mean, honestly, that's what it is. It is just, you know, I go through the same steps every morning but it sets such a great foundation for me every single day. And when I give it up and don't do it for a week or two, I feel it. It shows like it every day is more chaotic and everything just seems like I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I need the anchor of doing the same thing every morning as much as I resist it to just really, it's like magic. Honestly, it really magically transforms the whole day. Into- so do you, want me, do you want me to explain why that works, why that is? Yes, please, because I don't understand it, but I know it works. <laughs> what you're doing is you're creating sacred space for yourself. So those four steps that I told you about. The first one is creating sacred space. The second one is declaring the reason for the ritual. 
The third step is all the things that you do within the ritual, and that's most of what you'll find online. And then the fourth step is closing what you opened at the beginning. So when you create sacred space, you close sacred space. So by going through your routine, you're creating sacred space for yourself. I like to, <laughs> so for people that don't know what it is that, that this creating sacred space and all this woo-woo stuff is, if you've ever been to a wedding, you've been to a wedding, right? Yes. So you've been to a ritual. So here's how that works. You go to the church or the synagogue or the mosque. That's already prepared sacred space. So you don't have to make it for yourself. There's already sacred space there. You go and you sit down. They say, dearly beloved, we are gathered here. That is the step two, the reason for the ritual. They're telling you why you're there. Next comes all the familiar things, the exchange of rings, the exchange of vows, all of that good stuff. And then at the very end comes, you may now kiss the bride, which everybody knows is code for, we're all done, now we get to party. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) So those are the four steps. So everybody really already intrinsically knows that. So when you're doing your morning routine, what you're doing, instead of going out to go to a church, because you don't have a church, and also you don't need a church for your morning ritual, what you're doing by going through those steps is you're creating sacred space around yourself. You're creating an energetic container that is holding you and holding everything that it is that you're doing in that time. And then once you're done with that, once you're ready to go on with the rest of your day, you close that sacred space, releasing that energy, and you're ready to go on with things. So that's why it's working. That's what's, that's what's going on energetically and, and in the deeper parts of your brain. And that's why it's working for you. Well, that makes sense. And, but it, I tell everybody all the time about it, and I'm like, you know, honestly, like, it's magical. It really is magical. And I never, I never thought about a wedding being that same kind of thing. And I'm sure there's all kinds of things that we do like that all the time that we just don't realize the power that's in them just from being this ritual. Interesting. Well, you know, when I write, so I write for the blog, but I've also, I I wrote a novel I'm trying to get published. And there were times when I didn't want to write that it was just terrible. And I thought that I hated my writing. Well, it turns out I didn't hate my writing. What I hated was starting. I Mm. hated the transition from inaction to action. So what I started doing was I would open my ritual. I would open my writing time with a ritual. I would light a candle. I would set an intention. And then I would sit down to write. And something very cool shifted for me that suddenly what I was fighting was the ritual to begin. And it was me and my writing against the ritual. It was me and my writing against this change this this delta this transition Mm -hmm. because my writing and I were on the same page all of a sudden it was like (laughs) oh we got this we can we can do this ritual (laughs) together and and that's how I got through that middle section where just writing was a heinous travesty that I didn't want to do but as soon as I got into ritual space I loved it I was like oh right and then I would look, I would blow out the candle when I was done. And it's like, oh, now I'm not writing anymore. Now I'm not in my ritual, ritual space. So it can be as simple as lighting a candle to know that you are in sacred space and 
primed for whatever work it is you have that intention to do. And when you blow out the candle, there's no question that that candle is blown out. Like, you're done. It's a really helpful little bit to have, especially if you're working from home. (laughs) You're a small business person. And or if, you know, you're trapped for some reason, like... I don't know if you're looking to make this an evergreen kind of poster. If we're gonna well, I'm sure it'll apply for all times. We're all going through this at the same time, so we a little bit of a pandemic going on. So it can be <laughs> it can be helpful to incorporate ritual into what you have to do. And I've used I've used the candle trick, the the creating sacred space to declutter my house. I've you know I've created rituals around work. I've created rituals around healing and and things like that, but also it can be as every day as starting every morning with something like that. I think that that, like something just clicked in my head because I know that, I know it's not just me that this happens with, but you you start a project and you're so excited about it and you just can't get enough time to work on it until you aren't, you don't feel that way anymore and you're not done yet and you're thinking about giving up, but you no, you know this is the right thing, and you're just not ready to give up or give in or whatever, but this is such a great way to kind of push yourself through it, like you said, with your writing. Like, the work may not feel great at the moment, but it still needs to get done, and, you know, you can't just give up on these things because it gets to the hard bit, because once you get through that little hard bit, because the hard bit never lasts that long, and if you have a trick for getting through it, then... It'll go even faster. So, genius. You're a genius. I'm not a genius. This stuff has been going on for centuries before me. I just read the right books and put things together in the right way to be like, oh, that's how this works in a modern world. So, and it's like, and it, you're absolutely right. The, 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 the joy and the thrill of beginning is its own kind of ritual and its own kind of of way in and then like you can do rituals of opening something and and of a time period that like if you've got a good deal of healing to do I'm coming back to the writing again because I use a lot of ritual in the writing that I do for a while I was working on what I thought was going to be a memoir and it was all about my my difficult childhood and and my teenage years and growing up and I did a ritual to open up that time period that that I would say I I said within the ritual you know I'm going to heal this stuff I'm going to work with it and I'm going to and then I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and I got to the end and I was like oh I'm done writing and it's not really going to be what I thought it was going to be and so I did a closing ritual so you can kind of bookend with ritual you can use a ritual as a through line um when I was editing, again, another, <laughs> another writing kind of thing, I had a, a ritual of a box that I packed. So I had my candle. I had my little tarot cards that I was working with. I had my little inspirational quotes. And every day when I sat down, I would take everything out of the box, and I would set it up in a little side thing, and I would settle down, and I would edit, and I would do what I needed to do. And when I was done, blew out the candle, yes, but then... At the end of the week, when there was no more time for editing and it was weekend time, it was, it was you know, Sabbath again, everything got packed back into the box. And that was my way of telling my subconscious, okay, we've done enough for the week. Now we're letting, we're, we're putting it away. 
and that I had a way of, of delineating times when I was going to be. My, I was also working on getting my daughter into college at that point in time. So sometimes weekends lasted two weeks because we were, we were visiting colleges and stuff. Ritual can help in those ways, too. Like they, It's wild, but there's almost nothing that a ritual can't help with. It's really amazing. And I love that I tend to... I have a bad habit of when I'm working on something, I'll just leave it out until it's done. And then it just becomes part of clutter and, you know, just annoys me more than anything. But if I put it away and get it out when it's time to work on it, that really, like you said, delineates the time between when I'm working on it and when I'm not. Huh. Right. Jeez. Uh, you, can, you can wrap stuff up. I've taken scarves and scarves and scarves and actually taken the manuscript I was working on and covered it and covered it and just folded the scarves and put it away for two months because I knew I wasn't going to be able to work on it. Mm -hmm. That kind of closure on a project will safeguard the energy around it. So (laughs) you can, you can approach ritual as you can approach any of the spiritual practices on a number of different levels. You know, there is, there's the physical level, there's the psychological level, there's also the energy level, depending on how much woo woo, but if you've got that project just gathering dust on your on your desk, psychologically, it's leaking energy for you, and you're building up associations of guilt that you haven't gone back, that you haven't finished it, that you haven't done what you need to. But also energetically, it's losing some of its momentum because you've got it out. And so putting it away in some kind of ritual way, in some ceremonial way, sometimes those two words can be used interchangeably. Though ceremony itself is, is its own practice, is its own kind of thing. I, I prefer ritual because it's a lot more open and it's a lot more um, free to be interpreted for your own. Like there's, there's no cultural association with the word ritual as opposed to ceremony, which is its own thing. Right. No, no book to follow with a ritual. It's just, yeah. So how did you get into this work? What led you down this path? Oh, (laughs) I was a nerd before it was cool. (laughs) And I alluded to those difficult teenage years that I had, and I found fantasy. I found Tolkien, and I found Anne McCaffrey, and I found all the fantasy writers. And that was my safety. And then I found Dungeons & Dragons and all the writing that was being done in, in the mid-80s on that front, and I wanted magic. I, I, wanted, I wanted that kind of thing. And then on a rainy day, sometime around the age of 16, I wandered into a bookstore with my boyfriend at the time and picked up Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft and went, oh, it's a thing, we can do this, and there's guidance for it. And... Back in the day, it was so hard to find that material. Kids these days, they don't know how good they got it. They can just go online and find all these things. We actually had to hunt for this stuff. And I just, I went from the fantasy lover who wanted to celebrate the seasons and, and kind of control her world and, and get a little, a little bit of a grasp on things to someone who studied this. And as the books came out, And as time went on and I was a little more able to put the puzzle pieces together, I was really able to find the hidden keys 
and make it more accessible for more people. And, and the more that I used it, the more that my life got better because I had this skill set, because I had the know-how, the more I wanted to share it with other people to be like, hey, like you can fix the stuff that's going on in your life. You can, you can make all these things better. And it's four steps. It's four simple steps. You just got to be courageous. You just got to have the know-how. Like, we could do this. I could show you how to do it. And that's why I do the work that I do now, because it's just so valuable and so important. I love that. And I'm also a big fantasy geek. I never really got into Dungeons and Dragons. I think simply because I was, you know, like in high school in the mid '90s, and it wasn't quite so big then. But, yeah. uh, but I, yeah, I'm big, big uh, C.S. Lewis. Narnia is like my. Um, I, I think I've read the whole series ten times. I I love that. You know. Three or four. (laughs) (laughs) I love the whole, just all of it. I love fantasy. That's always been my go-to genre, I guess. But something that I've always, you know, raised in Christian church, not Catholic, but Protestant. Um, You know, there's this disconnect between you can't believe in God and believe in magic. And I personally always felt like that's not correct. Just flat out, not incorrect. I feel like that's um, centuries of male domination trying to control a population more than any actual truth in it. And I still get a lot of kickback in that, you know, I firmly believe that the stars govern some things and that when you're born, you know, those, the, the signs really are applicable and accurate in many ways, though obviously I don't think not obviously, but I don't necessarily believe in daily horoscopes or that everybody who's selling their own brand of astrology is always accurate. But tarot cards, all that stuff, and so many Christians just completely shut out that whole world. Um, I think it's, it's a big mistake. Yeah. It really is because, because, so like ritual, all of those things are affecting us on a number of different levels. So sure, there's the energy level of it, but also there's there's the psychological level of it. And like I use tarot for for journal check-in all the time. When I'm journaling, I'll I'll pull tarot cards for that. One of the important things that that in my methodology of working with ritual is that it's really important to know that I, I call myself a non-denominational minister, which is a mouthful and a half, but it serves the point of saying, look, you don't have to have any particular religion or belief set going on in order to take part in ritual. But at the same time, you can also believe. I One of the earliest believers in the work that I was doing is a Methodist minister who has been using it to do work in um, with incarcerated youth. You know, she obviously doesn't have a church that she can bring these these kids to. Mm-hmm. She is creating her sacred space with them wherever they happen to be. And she's using the four steps and the methodology to create rituals for those kids. That, that And she's doing it within the framework of the Christ and, and Christianity. And you can, I, like, I'm with you. I wish I wish people could open up to it. I wish that somewhere along the lines people hadn't 
associated the word ritual with with demon summoning and and black right. magic <laughs> candles, but I mean, I use a lot of candles. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> However, like I'm so sad that that I have to break everybody of that belief set before we can move on to be like, hey, this is good stuff. Like we can do this right. together. Exactly. And what I've said to my kids especially, but other people who have been curious enough to inquire is that in my opinion, there's big magic in the world. And one of the things that uh, really, like, even from this time, I was very, very, very young that struck me so firmly was in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe when Aslan gives himself up for, you know, it's the whole Jesus story. Right. Uh But he says, you know, the White Witch knows magic, but she doesn't know the deep magic. She doesn't know all the underlying stuff that's in the universe that nobody is aware is going on, but it is. And I was like, it just like I knew instantly in my soul, like, that's really true. And I know that C.S. Lewis wrote that as fiction, but he knew, like, it's accurate. <laughs> well, and, you know, Harry Potter, yeah. is all of happening in my head? Yes, but why would that make it any less real? Like... Right. At magic, that whole concept of magic is proof of God to me because. Absolutely. How else, you know, how else are we here? How else are we doing this? Yeah. Another thing that um, A Wrinkle in Time was another book that really struck me as um, being so true. And it's just like her melding of science and God is like, why can't, why do so many Christians discount things like that? Because God made science like they work together and they science really proves him absolutely and like they they 100% go together and there's like there's scientific evidence for why your you know process works and there's scientific evidence of all these other things but Christians are just so shut down to the idea of anything other than what they've been taught it's very frustrating to me. Like, it just really upset me that they just instantly are like, no, that's bad. And I'm like, no, like, no, it isn't. It just isn't. And you just have to be a little more open-minded to things, I guess. Your, your rituals absolutely work. I'm 100% proof of it. Because I, when I do it, it works. And when I don't, I feel it. Yeah. Well, and you were right, too. It is a threat to the dogma of established religions, because essentially what I'm telling everybody is that you have spiritual authority. You have the spiritual authority to create your own rituals, to, to figure out what it is that's going on in your life and figure out what you need and then take that and create something that's going to fix that. You have that as spiritual authority and that's a threat to the dogma of churches, which Right, and to be male-dominated and have for centuries. And so, and let's face it, the majority of people that are doing this kind of work are women. We, yes. <laughs> we're the ones blazing the trail on this, and that's, that's a threat. But I just own that spiritual authority. Like, get out there and do what you need to do for you. Heal that hurt and, and make your life work better. And don't let them tell you otherwise, you know? It's, well, all the good stories have this, uh, have this friction, right? It's Absolutely. The <laughs> legend. 
was that friction between the Christianity and, and the, the, uh, the goddess worship that, that was falling into the lesser. So. Yeah. Um, is there anywhere direct, like that I can direct my uh, listeners like to website, Facebook group, where do you want to send people? I would love to see anybody anywhere. I do have a Facebook group for women only at this point in time. Sorry, guys. Called Everyday Rituals with La Padre. We do talk about rituals, but we also spend a lot of time on practices, different practices. We do a Friday celebration. We do a weekly wisdom reading. I do a tower reading, sometimes with an assist from some of the members who I got to tell you, this group of women is just the most fabulous, most supportive. We don't have to be friends on Facebook. Just come find Everyday Rituals with La Padre and ask to be added, and I'd be happy to. The website is a font of information. That's lapadre.com. And I do ritual work with people. I will talk to anybody for free for 20 minutes if you've got questions, if you've got thoughts, if you want a little bit of guidance on something that's pestering you, I will, we can talk and we will find out if what you need is a ritual, if what you need is a practice, something ongoing. All of it's good. I, I, I love people and I actually, I love doing this work. So hit me up. I can, <laughs> I can speak to the the greatness of the Facebook group because I am part of it, and she is, and she is very giving, and will talk to you about anything, even when you're bother you feel like you're bothering her. She doesn't feel it. I can tell. So oh, <laughs> reach out. <laughs> well, thank it's you my so creative much. juices flowing to start thinking in in terms of oh well, there's this person, and they have this problem, and what can we do? What what little puzzle pieces could we pull from here and here and here and just put them all together and make it for them? And yeah, yeah. you've got such a great ability to do that. You're really, really, really gifted in that area. Thank you so much for joining me. And is there anything else you want to add or? No, just, you know, hang in there. The world is a wacky place these days, though, to be fair, we've been saying that for a lot of years, but transition times are not easy and the changes are coming and, you know, learn rituals so that you got another <laughs> tool in your toolbox. Absolutely. <laughs> it all helps. It really does. It really, really does. Thank you for listening to the Just Boldly Go podcast. You can check out uh, all we've got going on over at JustBoldlyGo.com and uh, you can check out my book, Mom Versus Debt, How I Paid Off. in credit card debt in under three years without becoming a stripper at momversusdebt.com.